Okay, this lovely puppy is on. Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 84, and we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 2. This is a continuation. Let me move my screen back so I can put my Bible on the table here a lot easier. And again, I'm going to be reading from the Leadership Bible. It is the NIV version, also known as New International Version. It's a really good edition. You can, again, you can buy it on Amazon. And let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a second. The air is a little dry here in Oklahoma. So anyway, diving into Genesis chapter 2. So we talked a little bit about the first three verses and how God created the heavens and the earth. And it wasn't because of the Big Bang Theory, not by any means. When God creates something, it's not a theory, it's fact. So we also talked about how you cannot create something out of an explosion. So, for example, I mentioned how during World War II, the United States dropped two atomic or nuclear bombs on Japan, our enemy at the time. And one of them was dropped in Hiroshima, and I can't remember... For some reason, Nagasaki's coming to mind, but I don't know why. So I haven't read about World War II in several years. But anyway, so you know, nothing was created from dropping those two bombs. Also, we talked about briefly about Chernobyl, which was a nuclear power plant that exploded in the Soviet Union back in the day. I think it was in the 80s, the in the uh, USSR. And <clears throat> excuse me, with that, sorry, my throat is still dry. Goodness. Um, so basically. Some engineers wanted to test something, and um, it caused a catastrophe that killed a lot of people, destroyed a, a lot of lives, but permanently, and also destroyed livestock. It also destroyed the land. So my point with that was, is that you know if the Big Bang Theory is actually true, it would have been proven with those explosions and those things that happened. So here's the thing. A theory is a theory. Until you can prove it or disprove it. Well, the Big Bang Theory has been disproven time and time again. So that was my point with that. So moving on with Genesis chapter 2, um, we're going to be starting with chapter, or sorry, chapter 2, verse 4. It says, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So it was God that made everything. Again, it's not an accident. It's not a theory. It's factual. It says, Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had sprung up yet. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. What this made me think of is that, you know, the earth, it wasn't growing anything until the Lord commanded it to do so. So the Lord sent rain to the earth for things to spring up. And that what it made me think of, and I've talked about California in times past, good to see all of you as well, is that if you need rain... If you're in a drought, ask God to send you rain. He will do it. You know, what's interesting is that the earth was a wasteland before God created everything with it, before God renewed the face of the earth. So you have to remember that God loves you. He, he wants to help you in every area of your life. And, and that also includes not having a drought. So, for example, California, I think, you know, if you, if you pray to ask God, to give your land rain, he will do so. I want to mention this as well, because this is kind of, it's not a catch-22, but you kind of need to understand how the blessing of God works and how the blessing of Abraham works. So, for example, California is not a good state. And what I mean by that is that in terms of practicing a, a good faith, 
and acknowledging that we are one nation under God. Unfortunately, California has become very liberal, very progressive. I mean, it's I think it's being overrun by atheists. And again, I'm not against atheists. I just think that they ruin a lot of stuff. I mean, I've actually met some really nice atheists over the years, but I've also met some really bad ones. Because the thing with atheism is that whether they realize it or not, atheism is a religion. Technically, a, a religion is a belief system. And with atheists, they are choosing to believe in nothing. So that is their religion, basically nothingness. They also idolize math, science, research, modern medicine. Here's the thing. Math, science, research, and modern medicine, those are gifts to us from God. So you don't worship or idolize what God gives you. You still worship the creator. Because it's very insulting to God to start worshiping the creation as opposed to the creator. So California has gotten to a bad habit of doing that. And you know, not all of California is bad. But there are so many liberals and progressives out there that have caused a lot of problems in that state. And some of them have been elected to public office. And so this is why you have all this weird legislation out there. And it's really sad. And it interferes with people being able to water their crops, also get rid of brush and debris from their property. So basically one of the reasons why wildfires have been so bad out in California is because property owners, like people that actually own their own property, like whether it's a mortgage or whatever the case may be, whether it's you know, in town, in a city, or even on a farm or a ranch, the state of California has said, well, it's environmentally unsound for you to get rid of um, brush and debris from your property. Well, actually, it's not. It's actually an environmental hazard to keep those things on your property because the odds of you having a grass fire or a wildfire increase dramatically if you don't clear that stuff off of your land and your property. So needless to say, what I call the crazy liberal nutbags out in California, you know, they claim to care about people, but they really don't. You know, they claim to care about the environment. They really don't. Well, you know who does? God does. Why? Because he created everything. That's why we are supposed to be Christ-like. That's why God is supposed to be number one and everything else falls into place. So that's why we don't put anything ahead of God, worship it, or idolize it. And you may think, well, Leslie, no one worships, you know, environmentalism. No one worships the Internet. Here's the thing. You may not realize that you actually are worshiping something if that has your complete attention if that's what you're idolizing, if that's what you're promoting all the time, if, if that's where your belief system is, if that's where you're putting your energy. Here's the thing. When you put God first, it's not that you don't care about anything else. It means that all these things are added unto you as a gift to you from God. But if you don't put God first, he can't bless you. So California, put God first, rededicate your life to Christ, and watch him bless you. That's the best advice I can give you. That's not from me. That's from God's holy word. So let's go ahead and move on with this. So God God sent rain to the earth. And what I find very interesting about that is that it made me think of, are there areas in our life where we feel like we're having a drought? You know, maybe your job's not going well. Maybe you lost a job. You know, maybe your, your marriage isn't doing well. Ask God to heal you of those things. Ask God to bless those areas of your life. I mean, if God can create the entire solar system, the galaxies, the planet, everything, mankind, all of us, right? 
what makes you think that he can't help you in your situation? He very much can. So give him a chance to do so. I guarantee you, you will be pleasantly surprised. But moving on with verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man. Not men, not plural, not like a population. He formed one man. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. What's interesting here is that God didn't create life first and then the man in terms of how he created us. He created man out of dust, out of the ground. So it's basically almost like a mannequin standing there, right? And then God breathed his life into the human form and it became a living, breathing person. Also, God gave him a soul. So let me say this. Is there an area in your life where you need a lot of help? Ask God to breathe life into your direction, breathe life into your situation, breathe, you know, breathe life into your job, your finances, your marriage, you know, your relationships, whatever the case may be. You know, let's say you know, you're living in California and you're really frustrated with the powers that be out there, whether it be, you know, the governor, he's kind of a nut, or maybe your city council or your school board or whatever the case may be. Ask God to breathe in your direction, renew your life, renew the face of the earth, and help you out. He will totally do it. And I don't say that lightly. Like, I'm actually really serious about this because God has done the exact same thing for me. But here's the thing. If you, for example, if, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I was raised in a Wrath of God Church of Christ cult. Not pleasant, but it is what it is. So when you are indoctrinated into something, even though they claim it's Christian, when you're indoctrinated into something and you're brainwashed into something that is not the will of God, then you do not know first, second, or third hand what the truth is. That's why we're going through God's holy word verse by verse, line by line, because God breathed his life into his holy scriptures. So this is, you know, this is not a dead document. It's not dead. This is the leave, uh, sorry, the living, breathing word of God. So you have to remember that if you don't have a positive outlook on your faith and your life, that's probably your biggest problem. And the reason why you have that problem is because of what's in your mind. What were you taught? What were you raised in? See, here's the thing. When I woke up to the fact, and I realized this as a very young child, that I wasn't being raised in the right religion because it was just... Um, abundance of hate is the best way I can describe it. And it's very difficult to have a good life when you are raised in hate, you're taught hate, and you are indoctrinated in hate. That is, it's, it's very difficult to be blessed in that because hate does not come from God. Hate comes from the evil one, which comes from the pit of hell. So what we see here in God's holy word is that God can breathe life into any situation. So if you're frustrated, give it to God. If you're sad, give it to God. Ask God to breathe in your direction. I mean, think about it. God formed a man out of clay, out of dust, and then just breathed life into it. The man woke up, not that he was technically asleep, but he, he came alive. And not only that, God gave him a soul. So, I mean, just imagine what God can do in your life if he did that with a bunch of dirt, a clump of clay. See, that's the, that's, I would say that is one of the miracles of God. And, and we worship a supernatural, miracle-working God. God can work any kind of miracle in your life 
any day, every day. You have to ask. God knows what you need, but, you know, God gave us free will. And there might be some that say, well, Leslie, how come he doesn't just do it? He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Why doesn't he just do it? Well, here's the thing. God doesn't like people that have an attitude problem. Because typically when someone has an attitude problem, they have a faith problem. And usually what the faith problem is, is they have a lack of faith. Well, if you lack faith, how can God do anything in your life? Literally. See, God is a covenant-keeping God. But if you don't believe in his covenant, then you are not walking with Christ. You know, you're not walking towards God. You're turning your back on him, which is typically what atheists do, unfortunately. And they walk away from God. And then they wonder why they have all these problems or there are all these problems in the world. You know, well, let me say this. You know, when you give your life to Christ and you really focus on the goodness of God, because God is good. God is not evil. He's not a liar. That's the enemy. That's not God. When you give your life to Christ and you're walking with Christ and you're growing in your faith, that's where you see the miracles happen. And so then because you see things happening in your life, then you're like, hey, I can pray for this person. I can help these other people. You know, even if you don't know them personally, like I pray for people all the time. And you know, let me say this. Most of the people I pray for are people I don't even know. I, I may not even know their name, but I'll see them on the road or I'll see a situation or maybe I will hear or see a news report and I don't need to know the person's name. I just neatly say, Heavenly Father, help this person with X, Y, Z. Or say, for example, there's a catastrophe in another country. You know, let's say, for example, there's an earthquake. I don't personally know all those people, but I know that God loves them. And I know that I can say, Lord, would you please help country, blah, 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 with X, Y, Z. They're really suffering right now. So here's the thing. When you know that God can and does help you, it makes your life better. It increases your prosperity, the blessing on your life. Then that gives you the opportunity to help everybody else. Now, here's the thing. I want to mention this. I'm going to mark my spot so I don't lose it. Here's the thing. When you're helping other people, and I've talked about this in times past, about how to not be a sucker and be a Christian. Because I think a lot of Christians become suckers because they think, oh, I'm just supposed to open my door to anybody and everybody. That's not true. God is very clear about being picky about who you let into your life because you don't want to have lunch or dinner with the devil or the enemy. Technically the same thing, but I'm saying that, you know, you need to not, I'm, I know this is going to sound harsh, but I don't care. You need to not associate with bad people. You're supposed to pray for them. But that doesn't mean you let them into your life. That doesn't mean you loan them stuff. That doesn't mean you give them money. Here's the thing. Most of the time, we can't personally help other people, especially bad people. That's why you pray for them first. And if God speaks to your heart, and I want to say speaks to your heart, not your mind, because Sometimes the thoughts we have are not always from God, but yet they seem charitable, if you know what I mean. You know, like, for example, you know, I was with a relative, and, and we were driving home or whatever, and she never does this. I don't know why she did this, but she stopped the car. Like, we were at we, we were at a stoplight at an intersection. And, of course, there's panhandling. I hate that. I, a lot of those people are crooks, and it, it's it's not safe for women to help those people. It just isn't, because it could be an ambush. It really could. You have to be careful about this stuff. So my relative saw this guy. He looked really rough. It was scary. 
she starts to roll down my window. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, give this money to him. I was like, we're not doing that. She goes, I just think I need to do that. And I'm like, think again. Well, she didn't give me a choice. She rolled down the window. And this guy, I mean, he could have easily pulled a knife on us, easily. He came over to the window. He was shady. He was really weird. And I just gave him the money, and I'm trying to quickly pull up, you know, you know, have the window go up as quickly as possible. And I looked at my relative, and I said, don't you ever do that again, ever. When you care about someone that's that weird, you need to pray for them first. She goes, well, I just, I just felt like I was supposed to give them something. Really, false humility is a big problem in the body of Christ. Irritates me to no end. Here's the thing. God has never said, put your life in jeopardy, put your life in danger, don't care if someone slits your throat, you know, be a sucker, be a doormat. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to do that. Nowhere. So just because you have this, oh, you know, I should give them money. I should help. I just, I just feel like I should do something today. False humility makes me sick. I'm just like, wow. Here's the thing. Patting yourself on the back, and I'm not saying my relative did that, but here's the thing. Patting yourself on the back or participating in false humility is a great way to allow the enemy into your life because he's feeding off of your pride. So don't do that. So whenever you want to help somebody, you need to go to God first. Just a quick prayer. Lord, what do you think about this situation? And he will speak to your heart because your mind can lie to you. Oh, I should do that, shouldn't I? Or, or let's say, for example, you were raised in like what I was raised in a cult. And so you're raised in guilt and condemnation, right? So if you're operating in guilt and condemnation, then are you really going to think positively about yourself? Are you really always going to make or try and make the best decisions? It's very difficult to make wise decisions if you're operating from a mindset of guilt, shame, sorrow, depression, you know, unworthiness. It's very difficult. So just know that God speaks to your heart because it's your heart that changes your mind and renews your mind. And the renewing of your mind comes from God's holy word. You know, if you think, you know, I'll give this as an example. I'll close with this. You know, I remember reading about the Beatles, you know, the band. And, you know, their music was good, really awesome, until they went over to the east. And I think I think they went to India, if I'm not mistaken. They went over there to be enlightened. It was basically to smoke pot, have orgies, sleep with a bunch of women. But apparently because they smoked, smoked all this weed and did all these drugs over there, oh, now we're spiritual, now we're enlightened. And so now they had all this weird music that they came back and sang. And it just, it wasn't the same. And then eventually their band broke up. It's like, well, why am I not surprised? They had substance abuse problems out the wazoo. They slept around like you wouldn't believe. I think one of them was that one of their members in that band, or am I thinking of in the band Queen, that one of them actually got hepatitis. I might be getting my bands mixed up. But what's interesting is that there are people that they're like, oh, well, I'm going to have a spiritual moment. You know, they know what they're doing over there in India. Um, let me tell you, no, they don't. India is predominantly pagan. Um, it's predominantly not Christian. I think it's like Hindu or Buddhist and some of these other religions that we don't even know about that take place in their villages, like out in the, out in the boonies, basically. And here's the thing. Um, just because someone could smoke a joint and you start thinking all this stuff, that doesn't mean that you are enlightened or that you're spiritual. Even the Aztecs and the Incas did the same thing. And the Aztecs, I don't know about the Incas, but the Aztecs practiced human sacrifice. 
Is that being enlightened? No. You know, just because you can smoke something or shoot something up, that doesn't mean you're spiritual. It actually means you're stupid. And also, if you're smoking something like that, you're damaging your lungs. You know, just because marijuana is a plant and comes out of the ground, that doesn't mean that it can't damage your body. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, what's it called, the cocoa bean? I, I'm trying to think what it is. Wherever caffeine comes from, I try to remember which plant that comes from. I forget. But here's the thing. You know, yes, we have all these different plants on the face of the earth. But not everything is supposed to be consumed, especially in certain amounts. So you have to be careful about those things. So needless to say, I know that's kind of semi-off topic, but it's one of those things that if you're trying to find God, you're not going to find God in substance abuse. You're not going to find God in marijuana. You're not going to find God in, in something that you smoke. Like what's it called? A hookah? What's it called? Like that that weird looking pipe thing that people from India. It's usually men that smoke it. Um, whatever it is, and they have like bars or whatever that have it. It looks like they're smoking something from like a, a I dream of genie lamp or something. But you know that doesn't make you spiritual. That doesn't make you holy. What makes you holy and makes you spiritual is your faith. It's what you personally believe in. It's what you know. It's when you believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Because believing in a pagan god or a pagan way of life doesn't make you holy. It does the opposite. In fact, it makes you unholy because it it pulls you away from God. It doesn't draw you closer to God. So, needless to say, you know when when God created mankind, specifically Adam, the first human being. He breathes his life into Adam. You know, God doesn't breathe in our direction just so we can screw up, or just so we can say, "I don't need you, God. I've got modern medicine. I've got all this stuff." And I'm not dissing modern medicine. Modern medicine is awesome. It's a gift to us from God, but it doesn't replace God. Is my point. So, if you need help in any area of your life, pray about it, give it to God, and just ask God to breathe into your life to renew your life. I mean, especially if you're ill. I mean, I tell this to people all the time. Like, if you're sick, you need to ask God to heal you. And what I can't stand about false humility with some of these Christians is that, and I say this as someone that is a born again Christian believer, but it just irritates me when you have Christians that suffer from a very acute case or chronic case of false humility, and they say, "Oh, well, I have this sickness or disease or this problem because God's trying to teach me a lesson." You know, God, God is blessing me with this situation. How can God bless you if you're being cursed? You know what I mean? Like it, it it's kind of like you can't be happy and angry at the same time. You can't be happy and depressed at the same time. You're, you're either one or the other. I mean, even atheists know that. It's like you're either all or nothing. So, just FYI, if you're one of these stupid Christians, and I don't, I don't really know how else to say it, but I'm just going to say it like it is, and I don't care if it hurts your feelings because you need to be told the truth on this. If you're one of these stupid Christians that says, "Oh, God's trying to teach me something," that's why He gave me this sickness, and He's making me holy. You know, God never did that in the Bible, never, never. And here's the thing: if God wants to make you holy, He does it right here with His holy word. God is not the author of death and disease or destruction. That is the evil one. That's the devil. So. I just think it's weird 
And now I laugh about whenever people are like, oh, yes, I, I have this sickness because God's, God's working something in my life. I'm like, oh, you mean you opened the door to the devil and now you're saying it's holy? Like, wake up, people. Wake up. Like, this is just so frustrating me because it's like, okay, everything that God says and does is yes and amen. And God tells us in his word, choose blessing, not the curse. So what I find very interesting is that when people, they, I don't know why they lack faith in this area. I don't get it. I'm guessing it's because of the way they're raised. I mean, I guess I can speak from example on this, but from experience. But, you know, when I was raised in that Wrath of God Church of Christ cult, whenever something bad happened to me, they'd be like, oh, God's trying to punish you. I'm like, well, why doesn't he just get over with them? Like, I, I just didn't really buy into that. I was like, if God really wanted to hurt me or harm me, he would have already done so. Like, he blew up Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, like, why is he holding back? You know what I mean? It's just like, it doesn't make sense. So I doubted that theology because it didn't line up with God's holy word. And even though I was a child, and even though I didn't know everything, and I'm still learning and walking my faith, obviously, but I had enough common sense to doubt what they were saying because it didn't line up with God's holy word. I mean, you got you to think about like, I mean, at what age are we taught to read and write? I don't even know if they're teaching kids to write anymore because they're not teaching, at least in public school, they're not teaching them penmanship or cursive. So these kids are becoming more and more illiterate, but yet they claim to be geniuses. It's like, wow, really? But anyway, um, like even as a little girl in grade school, I knew that what I was being raised in and what I was being taught was not right because it didn't line up with what I read in the Bible. And how God was speaking to me in my heart as a child. Because God does speak to children. He speaks to all of his children. doesn't matter what age they are. It doesn't matter if you're you know, four years old or 94 years old. God speaks to everyone. But what's interesting is he doesn't speak to our mind. He speaks to our heart. So it's very important that we understand that you know, the mind is not, I would say it's not definitive of God's holy word. That's why when you read God's holy word, it it takes root in your heart and then your mind starts to say, "Hey, that makes sense. God's holy word is true." That's why whenever you're reading God's holy word, it's renewing your mind because your mind is the problem. Not your heart, but your mind. What's interesting is that your heart tends to accept things quickly. Because it longs for God. Your heart longs for God. And when I say your heart, I mean, you know, your, your heart, your, in your soul. You know, your, I would say your, your spiritual being. But what's interesting is that your mind, your mind can turn on you. Your mind can say, oh, you know, miracles aren't real. Healing isn't real. It's like, okay, people believe that antibiotics work, but yet they don't want to believe that God can heal. And it's like, if you're not reading God's holy word, then you're not going to know the truth. So he needs to say, read God's holy word, let it renew your mind, let it strengthen your heart and your soul. Because what's interesting is that your heart and your soul wants to believe, it already believes. Because what's interesting is that your heart and your soul, and I'll close with this, your heart and your soul already knows that God exists and that he loves you. Because you were made in the image of God. The problem is your natural mind and how the world manipulates it. And programs it to doubt God, not believe in God, or think that God's trying to hurt you and harm you. 
That's why you have to stay away from cults. That's why you need to go to the source of God, and that is his holy word. Because this, this word is not dead. It's, it's alive. It's a living, breathing document. And the way that you know that, side note, is, for example, whenever you're reading God's holy word, whenever something new pops up in your mind, you're like, oh, that makes sense. I get it now. There's always something new to learn from God's holy word. Very important there. So just, just remember that God's holy word is true. He loves you and you are worthy in his eyes. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual, till next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Life for